Mr. Madison, what you've just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Okay, a simple wrong would have done just fine, but... Uh... Hello, friends. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Hogwash and Hooey with Doug and Randy, where lifelong buddies connect to discuss all things life and dilute themselves into thinking people actually care what they have to say. Here's your hosts, Doug and Randy. Hey, friends, thank you again for uh, joining Doug and Randy uh, on Hogwash and Hooey this week. We really appreciate it. We're honored to have you here, and thanks for spending some time with us. Uh, Douglas, welcome to week 50 of two weeks to slow the curve. Oh, gosh. How, uh, how are you and the family faring? Well, we're doing all right. We're doing all right. Some, some good news, and I think for most people, uh, at least in our neck of the woods, we're starting to, starting to get back to school, right? So little by little, the kids are kind of doing this part-time dance where they, they're online some days, they go back to school in person some days. Like, I've actually got two kids riding the bus it's awesome. Woo-hoo! I got, I got a, my, my freshman in high schools doing like cross country and, and like meeting kids and doing like normal high school things, which is, which is pretty fun. So well, yeah, cause um, your kids are that. brand new. I mean, they haven't, you guys moved back yeah. this last spring. Was yeah. It, dude, summer? It's been a year. It's been, oh, a, year. It been a year yeah. on. Yeah. On Wednesday, it'll be a year. That's crazy, but they haven't been in school, so they've had it. They haven't had the opportunity to meet a lot of people to right, develop right. relationships since they've you been got back. It, so, you got as it. parents, so, you got to be stoked. Oh, very much so, very much so. It's fun seeing the school buses, you know, block traffic and stuff. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, but seriously, it is. Uh, it's a good thing, and and everybody oh, seems awesome. to be adjusting all right. So, um, how how about you, man? You got you got a couple couple little guys. They they getting back into the swing of things. Sim- yeah so cold just turned four yesterday was his birthday we got to hang out with all the extended family Ooh, which was fun birthday cole and uh he he's been in daycare for the last year but jacob uh just turned six the kindergartner they got it back into school uh two weeks ago for two days two hours for two days then they went to midwinter break and then because of midwinter break and they don't know where all the kids are or have been they required another week of quarantine. Mm. And so we just started again today. So um, my, my wife teaches at the same school. So, I, you know, I've got some empathy for it, but then it, yeah. it's just a dad too. You're like, what is going on? Like, could they make <sighs> this any more complicated? Dude, that's so hard. And and maybe, who knows? The, the conspiracy side of me says that's the entire point is just to wear us down, to test us so much, to make things so ridiculous and see what we'll put up with uh, <laughs> before we lose it. But no, so he's back in uh, four days a week. So it's, it's just a couple hours a day, but way better. Uh, you can already see just psychologically or socially. Yeah. seems to be benefiting him. But if you um, happen, just a caveat, if you hear noise in the background, maybe some slamming of doors, um, some yelling, some crying, we are in the phase of bedtime that is the dread of our day. I'm yeah. sure you 
could maybe still go through that, but have uh, most parents I know have, but trying to get them to go down. And then once they finally do, uh, one will come in about one o'clock if he doesn't wake up screaming in the middle of the night. And the other one comes and crawls into our room into a sleeping bag. And then uh, the other night I ended up in four different beds. I <laughs> slept in ours and then I was getting kicked in the head. So I went to sleep in the sun that moved. And then the other son was saying, can you come over here and sleep with me? No, I don't want to. But then he started crying at 4 a.m. So you just do mm -hmm. what it takes. Then the other kid came back in because he wanted to be closer to dad and started kicking me in the head again. So I got out of that bed and went into the guest room until I was woken Dude. up by screaming. So. Travails, man. Trials and travails. So that actually is a great, uh, I was going to, I told you I'd have a, a wild card question for you. So we have- Don't dad shame me now for, no, no, for no, my, no. my lack of control over my sons. <laughs> Don't dad shame me. Uh, slightly, it, it's related, but, but unrelated. Um, so we have been working through trying to figure out the right mattress. And uh, so we've been keeping Costco in business. So they, they sell mattresses in a box now, right? So you get in a box, comes to your house, you undo it. And it's just like, yep, that's all we did. Yeah, so it's great, it, yep. except when it doesn't work. It's not the right mattress. So then you have to throw it on the back of your car and Costco's awesome. So you can just bring it back there and be like, hey, I bought this a couple weeks ago. It's not the right fit. They're like, great, throw it up, we'll take it back. But you have to get it from your house into the van or whatever yeah. vehicle you have into Costco, it, it turns into a little bit of a, of a, uh, do you a have to, do you have to break it down? Like, do you have to let the air out of it? No, no, no. Cause okay. it's not, there's, it's just a regular like foam mattress. Right. So yeah. you're not actually it, the air. Oh, that's it, true. They, they kind yeah. of just squeeze it. You know, I get, they, they have machines or, or incredible hulks or something that squeeze it to make it really small. And yeah. then it expands kind of on its own. But we've done that twice in the last two or three weeks. And it is like, Oh man, I think I'm, I'm biting off more than I can chew. So we finally got the right mattress. I was curious, what, what kind do you guys, do you know offhand, like what kind of mattress? Oh man, I, I would, I got it about yeah. a year and a half ago. Okay. It was okay. one of those, one was some kind of trendy name, like tree and fruit or harvest yeah. and say, you know, just okay. something. I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. There's all the different ones. Right. Um, I was just curious, man. I, we just stuck with the first one we got. I don't, okay. I don't, I mean, we, we probably weren't sure that it was the best, but we also didn't want to deal with what you're talking about. So I just said, well, just learn how to sleep differently. Than and you use. have the choice of sleeping in four beds. So you can yeah, go that's from bed true, to bed right? and get yeah. your, get your good night's sleep. Yeah. That's funny, man. Sleep is a precious commodity. Would, um, would you guys settle on? Yeah. One of the Costco mattresses and this one, we got it online. So they delivered it. And if it doesn't work for whatever reason, they'll pick it up. So that's, that's great. And uh, nothing but good things to say about Costco's uh, policies in terms of returning mattresses. When, when you get a mattress at Costco, do you have to buy it by the case? Nope. So you, have you, to get, like you get to buy them in kings? individuals. Five. I see. I, oh, I know where you're going. I know right. you're going there because most things, right? Yeah. But no, it's, it yeah. actually works out pretty well to awesome. get the single. Um, speaking awesome. of, of, uh, not sleeping well. What do, you, what do you think is going on with uh, our dear Seahawks and, and their their quarterback? Man, I don't know. We talked about it last week and we kind of thought maybe it was just uh, much ado about nothing, but the more stuff comes out. Again, I don't know if it's just a board um, sports news cycle, but it seems like there's maybe something there um, just from what they're, what more and more what's coming out. Um, and to the point that Actually, some teams are courting Russ, and he's said what four teams that he maybe would be interesting in playing for. So, yeah, 
uh, when, once you start hearing that kind of conversation coming out of a player's mouth, then you know that they are, they are unhappy and or at least willing to be discussed in a, in a, as a trade. So it, it seems to me from everything I've read that it would be very difficult for the Seahawks to do it just based on salary cap and dead cap money that they'd have to deal with. Um, so I don't know that I think that it would happen in 2021. And I guess the question for me is, can you win without a top five quarterback? And could they replace him? I don't, I mean, the odds of getting a quarterback like Russell uh, back in that position under center, I, I don't know that they want to roll those dice. I, yeah. I, my hope is that Russ and Pete or, you know, whoever it is that isn't maybe getting fully along or seeing eye to eye can yeah. and get a couples counselor and work through it. I, um, I, I think it's a great, it's a great um, question for, for Seattle sports fans. Cause you do the last time the Hawks were, I think maybe we talked about this last time, the last time they were super successful and they made it to an NFC championship game. It was like seven years ago, man. Yeah. Like that's, that's a long time. Right. So yep. they've been good. They've made the playoffs a bunch, but they kind of can't get past that first round, second round of the playoffs. And so um, I'm not saying that he is the cause of that. He certainly is one of the top five quarterbacks in the league, but but boy, you wonder at some point for a city that is starved for that second Super Bowl championship, man, you got, what do you do? I mean, you obviously don't trade away your best player, best player in the history of the Seahawks, probably, right? Yeah. You don't do that. Yeah. But like, you can't, you, you can't get past that uh, hurdle. You, maybe you have to change things up. I don't know. I know. I don't, it's been, it's complicated. Yeah. I don't know. So, comes down possibly to this question and maybe it doesn't hopefully they can find some sort of compromise they they both seem like relatively level-headed um individuals at least that's the sense i've always had from their public persona um that they could find some common ground and recognize that they're better if they can find a way to work together um, maybe both give a little uh but let's say you only get a keep one of them who do you keep do you keep russ or do you keep pete can i choose both yeah <laughs> well, I think that's the ideal answer. That's what we both like. I, yeah. I mean, probably very few um, sports uh, personalities in the history of Seattle sports that have been as liked as, as much as those two. And, and some people have very specific feelings about Russ, I guess. Um, some people yeah, like you love him or, or don't, but Pete seems to have a pretty common yep. likability across re regardless of um, type of personalities you like. Yeah. People seem to like him okay. But I guess that comes with winning Super Bowls and or I think so. team that's never, it, I yeah. guess they were there with Holmgren, but yeah. So I, I mean, I'm pro I look at how much time Russ still has to play and he's talked about wanting to play until he's like in his mid forties or something, which I'm here to tell you as somebody who's in mid forties, who's never played <laughs> professional football or anything even close to it. Uh, that seems like a, a bad idea, but there's a chance that you moved into late forties this year. Did we not move into the late 40s? No, I guess oh, that'd be mid forties, 40, yeah. 43 to 40, 47, Seven, maybe. 47, yeah. yeah, that's true. Oh. Let's tell ourselves. Um, yeah. I don't know, man. It's a great question. I'm probably going to stick with Russ. I think Pete's awesome and he's a legend and, but I think if Russ has another seven, eight years here in Seattle play, playing well, probably want to stick with him, but I don't know that that's going to be an option. Yeah, I mean, you think about, so, and Brady's a unicorn, right? I mean, he's probably the GOAT. Yeah. Um, so, but but does Brady go to almost any team and make him a winning team this last year? If he didn't go to Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay's not winning the Super Bowl probably. Uh, but could he have gone into, you know, 
New York or Washington or Philly and done the same with any other team. Yeah, no, um, I don't think so. And so my, my question, I guess, point is like top five quarterback, do they have the ability to change a program that distinctively and make them yes. a winning program? And if so, if you've got one of those, can you release them and begin rebuilding again? Right. And, it's tough, and man. It's can. a tough call. Yeah. It's going to be a while again. Well, so, so. so is Mahomes the best quarterback in the league? I think he's one Top or two. two. One or two. Yeah. Did you watch the Super Bowl? Did you see him running for his life? Yeah. So yeah. It co- what does it come down to? It comes True. down to offensive line. Offensive line. line right? he, didn't have, he didn't have his starting tackles. He was running for his life. And so, like, uh, it, he, scored, he scored nine points in that game, man. I like, know. <laughs> it's just insane. So It was crazy. I don't know. It's hard to – yeah, hard for even one of the best teams in the league. You know, they went 14-2 and two or something. But how do you I, – I, the hard thing with somebody like Russell or maybe any of these other quarterbacks that have demanded as much money as they have, how do you then complain about the lack of big contract athletes that you have blocking for you? Right. I mean, we all know how the salary cap works. There's only a finite amount of money. And yeah. if you're taking a big percentage of it, there's not a lot left to no. roll out to and, the rest. And I think it's team. gone down this year too, right? Because of COVID or something like they didn't bring oh, I didn't as know. much revenue. Yeah. So I think it's going to be, you know, less than it was hmm. last year. So yeah, complicated stuff for the old Seahawks to deal with, man. But uh, I'm sure, I'm sure they'll figure it out. They always seem to land on their feet. They got a lot of smart dudes in the head shed over there. So. True. And um, uh, in the, in the scheme of all the things going on in the world, it's, uh, <laughs> it's what a luxury for us to just sit here and talk about football for a minute. First world problems, right? Indeed. When, this came to mind. I'm sorry. This is a complete, like out of nowhere, but a non sequitur, they call it a non sequitur. Non sequitur. Yeah, okay. Thank so. you. Good word. Uh, the goat can either mean the greatest ever, right. Or, not the worst ever, but the worst, the person that blew the game, right? Like, what, sure. why is that? Why do we use those same terms for, oh, you don't want to blow it. You don't want to be the goat. Yeah. You're like, well, yeah, I do want to be the goat, the greatest well, they, ever. So the, yeah, the, the greatest, greatest of, all of all time. Right. Yeah. I think they use that as an acronym. So I, whoever is good question. should figure, mm-hmm. should clean it up though. Right. They should, like they, they they should, should get, pick one or the other. All right. Goat's going to be the best. going to be the worst. Yeah. yeah. Get your act together. They, them. Those guys. That's right. They uh, email and let them know to. Yeah. I'll get on that. Forgive me. I'm drinking coffee at nine o'clock at night. I don't normally do this. Maybe not a good move. But the uh, lack of sleep in recent weeks is necessitating it if I'm going to be coherent for this podcast. Totally understand, man. We're we're waking up at all hours with the dog still Mm -hmm. trying to get him to to do his uh, normal business during working hours, but it's not working so well. So we're working on it, but um, you'll get there. Speaking of dogs, how about those Gonzaga Bulldogs, man? You, uh, you, you excited? You feeling good about this March Madness? It starts man, on man. March 14th, man. I know it's coming. Oh, is that when it, is that when that kicks? So I think so. Conference tournaments this weekend. Uh, yeah. This weekend. Uh, smaller, smaller conference tournaments this weekend, I guess. I'm not sure. It's yeah, coming. I'm I just saw it. that it's like mid March. All awesome. in Indiana, um, right? They're playing all the games. Yeah. In Indiana. I think that, I think that's it. That's the thing. Yeah. It's gonna be Which very I was different. One- do you know if they're going to have fans? I don't know. I was watching Butler game yesterday and they're in Indianapolis, right? I believe Butler is. And they had fans in the stands. I mean, not oh, a cool. full stadium, but, and yeah. I don't think they were masked. And I heard somebody was telling me, I think it was yesterday. I heard this story that a family member or somebody was in 
Indiana and had a mask on and people are yelling at him in the store, like, what are you doing wearing a mask? So <laughs> obviously it's a, an area that maybe isn't super, yeah. Um, yeah, isn't overly concerned about that. So maybe they would have fans in the- Well, there's people around that I know that wear, that wear multiple masks. Yeah. And like, I've seen them in grocery stores. I've seen people walking around and you can see the multiple masks on. So it's interesting to see the, the difference, the dichotomy. Some people are like, yeah, I'm wearing a mask forever now and yeah. then other people are like I, I i've never worn a mask and i never will and it's very interesting to see um you know people people defending their their liberty or or not or lack their willingness to give it away depending <laughs> yeah. on how you see it i guess yeah for sure for sure uh, but the, speaking of the mask state oh it really quick on the gonzaga one yes i'm excited i think they good. look as good as i've ever seen them uh they seem to be healthy did you no, notice they, though they were on the cover of the Sports Illustrated this oh, week? Oh, I didn't know that. Ah, no. oh, it's terrible, terrible. It's often a curse. That's the, for you that don't know, that is the curse associated with Sports Illustrated cover issue. So yeah, stand it's like by, the curse, right? Yeah, yeah, same thing. Ugh. Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah, I'd just refuse to do it. I think if I was if I was them, unless they're going to put the other fourteen or three top three teams on them as well. It, so. Right. Yeah. yeah. But it seems to me that you've got. Gonzaga Baylor were one and two all season, both undefeated, right? I don't think Baylor lost the last week, but they did get usurped. Michigan had a couple big wins in the big 10 mm -hmm. and jumped into second place in this morning's rankings. So it seems to me like those three are probably the toughest Michigan hasn't lost in a while. They've got one loss on the season, but, uh, and then I think number four, you've got Illinois and Ohio state was number four or five, but got beat up on pretty good yesterday. And, so you've got kind of a jumbled pack after it, but it seems like those top three teams yeah. need to be quite a bit. I think it's going to be, it, it has the feeling like um, there there's going to be a team from outside, mm -hmm. you know, that top eight that might, might be in the, in the final four. It just has that feeling to me this season. I have not followed yeah. it super closely, but yeah, we'll have to. There was a Oklahoma, Oklahoma state game on tonight and Oklahoma has gotten healthy uh and, and they were looking pretty good so i don't know no, I don't, it's yeah. that's the best thing about the dance right i mean yeah anybody whoever comes in with the most momentum can can make a big push so yep love can that dance the, the longest randy what's that i said can dance the longest can dance the longest. Yeah. so um but regarding back to the mask deal i don't know if you saw wall street journal had an article earlier this week saying that there's a chance of reaching herd immunity by april um, which is, wow. which would, you know, it's some positive news. Exciting yeah. News, yeah. If indeed it's true, we've kind of heard different things again, like we opened two weeks to slow the curve and we're 50 weeks into it or 52 right. weeks into it. So I think we've all, we're all a little fatigued and don't know exactly what to believe and don't want to get too hyped up about any sort of news, sure. especially with new strains coming out. But if indeed that's the case or, you know, light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, like. I would, I would think so. I would think we have to be getting, it's gotta be, I don't know if April is, is the right target for it, but I think um, I did read that article and, and it does sound like we're, we're moving at a speed that's a little bit faster than what they anticipated. So that's encouraging. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you got to figure people starting to get more vaccines, more vaccines are available. There's multiple companies providing these vaccines and um, yeah, gosh, a lot of people have been exposed and been asymptomatic. I mean, we're, we're not, we're not doctors. We don't pretend to be, but um, there's a lot of, a lot of goodness that's, that's happening. And, and I'm hopeful that we can get, we can round that, 
that turn and, and get back to some, some sense of normalcy. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Um, did you watch, I know it's probably off your, your radar or just not something you'd be interested in, but did you watch Trump at CPAC yesterday by any chance? Just, uh, just for, I don't know, interest, morbid old time's sake, old time's sake. Yeah. <laughs> no, I did not. I did see a couple highlights today. Um, watch some of the, the Hill, um, with, you know, the folks yeah. back in, yeah, back in DC there. And, um, I did see a couple clips and, and I, I found myself, uh, thankful that I hadn't heard that voice for a while. It's great. Yeah. It was like, Oh man, it was, uh, it was pompous. It was not what I wanted to hear. And it was like, kind of didn't realize that it would have that effect on me after not hearing it for some time. So, um, yeah, it was great. Uh, I didn't actually see what he said. So how about you? Did you, did you get a chance to check it out? I saw bits and pieces of it. I read, read on it. I listened to some sound bites. I caught the last 15 minutes of it live. Probably. Uh, it, it just sounded like the same, you know, I, I was kind yeah. of thinking, Oh, this will be interesting. Cause the big questions I think coming out of it are, is it Trump's Republican party? Does he want it to be right? Is he still uh, the face of, of the party or is he going to splinter it and maybe go his own way and start okay. his own party? Yeah. Uh, and then the other big question was, is he going to run again? Is he going to try to run again in four years? And I think those were the two big takeaways. Everything else was the same. You know, the, the, the election was still stolen. Yeah. Um, Biden policies are bad. You know, plenty of stuff that in my own political um, feelings that I agree with came out of it. But, uh, I, you know, there was the same stuff that he had been saying all through the, sure. the um, uh, election pre process. Uh, but the, the big questions I think the media had and probably his own Republican counterparts is, is he going to stick around and try to be relevant in the party? And the takeaway is yes. He said okay. he doesn't have an interest in fracturing the party. He recognizes that would do no good for if it was split in two, they wouldn't yeah. want anything again, probably. Okay. Um, and the other one is he, he alluded to the fact that he probably will plan on running again in 2024. Okay. He didn't, okay. didn't close the door to that and hmm. looked tip of the hat nods to the likelihood of that happening. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So that, that four more years or I guess with the election cycles anymore, two more years till they start running again, yeah. it'll start, being, oh start becoming a thing again. It's crazy, so, man. Was it, so you yeah. mentioned, you mentioned um, Biden and some of his policies. So now he's been in office for nearly a couple months, you know, and we're starting to, starting to see, kind of what um, his administration is, is going to stand for and, and, you know, holding, holding fast to some of those progressive policies that he kind of promised in some regards and then others kind of maybe um, falling back to the middle a little bit. Um, any, any thoughts on anything specifically kind of like whether we talk Middle East or stimulus or, or thoughts on. Well, uh, Middle East, I'll put it to you. Cause I, I think that's interesting, right? There was the uh, bombing, in Syria, uh, middle of last week, it was kind of the first uh, military attack of this new presidency, a place we hadn't really been too active the last couple of years. And it kind of, I guess, is setting a stage a little bit of what this new administration's policy uh, stance is going to be in regards to the Middle East, in regards to U.S. being the police keeper, possibly. But that's that's your background. That's your that's your career has been spent in that area I, i'm gonna 
pitch that back to you. I'd love. Well, to yeah, no, that. I'm ha- I'm happy to to take a, a swing at at it. I so it is interesting to see. Um, so there's two there's two issues that I saw this week that I think are are super interesting, and all the news you know sources are covering it. You got the Khashoggi um, Jamal, I think it was Jamal Khashoggi who was who was uh, murdered uh, by Saudi Arabia potentially uh, paid for and masterminded by one of the princes, I think, mm-hmm. uh, Saudi yeah. Arabia. So that's a huge, huge issue, right? And so that was something that um, along the campaign trail, he said he was going to deal very harshly with them if he was ever, ever uh, put into office. And so his first opportunity to kind of put it out there and, and take a swing was or was was basically he, he flubbed it and he kind of was like oh we, we think it's a bad idea bad that that happened and didn't didn't condemn it strong enough didn't uh, you know administer sanctions or anything like that and so i kind of i think he kind of tripped a little bit there and did not follow through like he said he was going to do now now granted middle east is tough it's never easy right yeah, this is right. you're not going to win there you're not going to win for sure it's very challenging to to feel like hey we we made the right decision and everybody's happy but um so that was one um, Doug, real quick, do you think, I think the challenge I always have is I could agree that, man, he, they should have done this or they should have done that or they should have condemned this or that. But then there's probably a hundred other tentacles that branch off that impacts this individual yes. and this country. So if you say it this way, this country will be impacted. So they ask you diplomatically to mm-hmm. deal with it a different way. And there's so much to go into any of these sort of communiques that that are really um nuanced a lot more than than we know good bad white black black, white yeah i I would totally agree with you i think that uh globalization has done that a little bit you know uh there's treaties there's there's agreements there's things that you know you have to speak this way to that group and then this way to that group and they narrow the two shall meet sort of thing and but that's all diplomatic that's all this is what these folks do for a living you know like there's yep. there's diplo- it's called diplomacy and not everybody can do it um but we expect the united states government to be able to to march forward and um man challenging challenging stuff i agree with you that there is probably some conflicts of interest and probably felt like he was doing the best he could but i, I don't know that he did what he said he was going to do in terms of uh yeah. punishing saudi arabia so then the other one was um launching uh, kinetic strikes in into um, Syria in response to the Iranians um, attacking a US base or something and and it's it's almost like the proxy war right so you've yeah. you've got the Iranian kind of doing stuff in Iraq and Syria and then the US is unhappy with them but also is he he also biden also promised hey we're gonna we're gonna reboot this nuclear this iran nuclear deal and so it kind of complicates the issue a lot more in that he's like hey if i if i come out and condemn these guys and and you know yell at them uh in diplomatic fashion then that then the obvious you know next step is to not go back into this nuclear pact right and so um whatever you feel about the nuclear pact there's there's a lot of people that feel it makes that situation that 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 really tenuous middle east um iran issue even it's a powder keg to begin with but it makes it even more tenuous because now you're giving them all of this money to potentially develop weapons to buy weapons to do other things and 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 then at the end of it they could still very well 
lie to the weapons inspectors and still build a bomb. And so you're, yeah. you're, you're left with really uh, en enrich uranium and stuff. So you're left with this really no win situation. So um, complicated for sure, but he, he, uh, he did not condemn Iran and it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Cause I think he does want to follow through and get back into that Iran deal. They feel like it, Hey, it keeps, keeps that, that, uh, the region safe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and that's kind of the other side of it, right. Is, Hey, it's, it's safety. So we'll be, we'll be watching that for sure to see what develops there, but, um, you know, been yeah, over to that area quite a bit and, and, uh, always, always a challenge to kind of figure out what, what the next step is going to be. Yeah. I mean, I think the difference or not the difference the question would be, and I, I think, um, Biden's office had said that they, had gone through various diplomatic measures and they had gotten coalition support on it. I think that that might be part of the difference if they are, uh, although, I mean, they could just be saying that or yeah. and get our closest allies um, support one or two and, and maybe right. not a, a consensus, but yeah, it's interesting that that whole region and everything um, that we have to deal with over there is always a bit, a bit foggy and convoluted and it's Certainly. hard. I, I'm glad I can't imagine having the job of trying to, way through that hornet nest, hornet's yeah. nest all the time. And um, so anyways, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how how that progresses. It's not something we've had to see a whole lot of the last couple of years, ironically, with with uh, a Republican in office where you would kind of think it might might be a yep. little bit that way. And that was definitely Trump was uh, a lot more. Let's let's stay home and worry about ours he had, um, under his presidency and, and probably putting the right people in place, like you had said before. Um, he was able, uh, or the, the military was able to defeat ISIS pretty early in his presidency, which was uh, pretty surprising. I think a lot of us had been told that this will be possibly another forever war that we'll be mm -hmm. fighting over there. And so the fact that they had kind of won that pretty decisively pretty quick was was pretty surprising. As a result, we really haven't had to see a whole lot of this the last couple of years. So yeah, be yeah, interesting right. to see how this... and. and Biden's administration's not unfamiliar, right? I mean, he was in the White House for eight years, so I'm sure he's got a oh, lot yeah. of pretty, pretty good insight into this. He's not totally green and just learning. I'm sure he's had plenty of intel and and uh, been part of those meetings for a long time. So I don't know. It'd be interesting to see yeah, how how this all looks moving forward. Hey, um, one last question before we wrap up: uh, the stimulus package is is progressing. Um, it's still, what are we now nine months into the second one trying to negotiate for it? It's pretty crazy. But the one thing that was holding it up, at least this most recent iteration is that $15 an hour minimum wage, national minimum wage. And, uh, it seems like as of this morning, the news was that the moderate Democrats have decided in the Senate to move forward without that. And, uh, uh, obviously, the progressive ring, wing uh, isn't a fan of that, doesn't like that, has, has asked the moderates and even the administration, Biden administration, to disregard the parliamentarian in the Senate who ruled that the minimum wa wage measure should be struck because it does not comply with certain budget rules. And, uh, and the more stimulant or the more um, progressive wing is saying, let's, let's overrule that. We don't need a non-elected official telling us what we can or, or can't vote on and what we should or should be putting in these packages. So it's an interesting um, challenge that we're seeing within the Democratic Party between the more moderates 
uh, like a Joe Manchin out of West Virginia and the more progressive uh, progressive wing of it. I think there's a, I forget what the exact group was called, but it's about 23 senators that are okay. more on that progressive um, the end of it. And uh, yeah, so it, it's interesting to see sort of some of this infighting already amongst, amongst the Democratic Party. So to think that there are solid mm-hmm. 50 votes, um, everybody in line, there's a big difference between probably a Southern Democrat in certain states, their constituency is going to be a lot different than, say, um, Alexandria, uh, uh, sorry, Cortez's um, yeah, yeah. Uh, demographic there in New York City. So yeah. I, I think it's not a one size fits all. And we're seeing that where we think, well, if Democrats control this amount and they're all going to vote the same. There's some right. things that they probably will. But as a whole, there's there could be big shades and gradients. Um, yeah, so for sure. I mean, I, I think the stimulus is 1.9 bi- uh, tri- trillion, 1.9, 1.9 trillion. Yeah, trillion. So they're, they're inside of that. I mean, I, I have, I have not even looked at it. I get there. I read the occasional news story about crazy things that are in it, you know, in terms of pork or whatever, or things that are added to it. And um, there was one thing that kind of caught my eye that was, that I saw, and it said that, um, federal employees are going to be paid 15, they're going to get up to 15 weeks uh, paid at $1,400 a week, a week to, um, to stay home as needed to, uh, if they have to be home and homeschool their, their children. So they're incentivizing these federal employees to stay home. Um, The federal employee package already for vacation is pretty generous. And, And if you're there for long enough, it gets even more generous. And so you could end up, it's just crazy to me that like wow. how much bloat and, and uh, there, there is in, in the federal system and in the national level um, employee. Yeah. I guess federal, federal governments, it's insane, but that is one thing that caught my eye and I was a little bit struck. I was like, Oh, that's, I hadn't heard about like, that. Yeah. Any, any idea how much that constitute of the whole? Um, I don't. I don't. I know it was. It was. It was a big number. Um, but it, it was certainly wasn't like the dominant number. It wasn't the preponderance of the money by any stretch. Yeah. Uh, there's not that many uh, federal workers to make it that crazy. But it was. It was more than um, I had expected. I was like, oh, that seems quite generous. And you know, that federal employee, I mean, this, the congressmen are considered federal employees, right? Like that's, it's crazy. Like they're basically passing this legislation to uh, reward themselves. And yeah. So I don't know. Term limits, term Term limits, term limits, baby. It's the only thing that's going to fix the, fix the system. You get people there that aren't lifetime, uh, lifetime lawmakers appointees, right. Or like positions and get to vote themselves in big raises and gold plated, uh, health insurance and all this. So, yeah, I think it's, it's a government by the people and, and for the people. Right. And I think that gets lost sometimes. Yeah. I mean, it's not, not news really. I mean, you get, you get in those positions of power and wealth and prestige and, um, and, People don't, once they got it, they don't give it up. They don't go down without a fight. Right? Isn't that I the mean, scary thing about all of this legislation is like, it's yeah. going to be, once it's in law, then it's like, well, then, then that's, that becomes expected. You, yeah. you then how you, you're not going to be able to turn those faucets off. You know, that's what I think is yep. the conservative perspective, which is challenging. And at some point those checks become due, right? Like at some point we have to pay for all that stuff. And, and, uh, 
you know, it may be when you and I are, are gone from this earth, but our kids will be around for a long time. Our kids can yeah. trying to figure out how to pay for uh, reckless spending, but that's another conversation for another day. Yeah. Yeah. Think. Might be, might be. Well, Hey man, I hope you have a, hope you have a great week coming up here. Yeah. You too. Always good uh, to visit with you. You too, brother. Thanks for finding and taking the time and uh, look forward to it. A couple of things we were maybe going to talk about that we didn't get to. So we got, we've got a jump start on uh, next week's. I think. There you go, man. So, I'll be ready. All right, bud. Uh, that's it friends. Thanks so much for sharing your valuable time with us. Again, we sincerely appreciate it. Uh, if you would consider, please follow us on Spotify and or our new Facebook page, Hogwash and Hooey. Uh, so we can notify you when new episodes are live, field any questions, any topic recommendations you may have or like to hear us. Uh, tell us we are boring and no good at this and should retire. Uh, whatever it is, we'd love to hear from you and, and meet us there. And or if you're uh, ever inclined to share with friends or family or, or loved ones, we just um, really appreciate any opportunity to chat to more people. So have a great week until we meet again. Hey, there's two O's in Huey. Randy, two O's. Oh, two O's in Huey. Yes, thanks. Have a good week, all. You just got to keep living, man. L-I-V-I-N.